0: We're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode number 149. Hey, friends, JC here. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so thankful to be back behind the mic, sharing a voice that is so full of wisdom and truth with you today. As a reminder, before we get into this episode, I am collecting reviews, email messages, and voice memos on Instagram and in my email to compile a final episode as a celebration send-off for the Hello Awesome podcast. So if you have been blessed by any way by this podcast or my guests that I have had on, please be sure to let me know and send me all your messages. You can do this by sending it to my email, helloawesomeshop at gmail.com, or DM them to me on Instagram at helloawesomelive so I can share them at the end of this season. I've already had a few people actually send me voice memos on Instagram using the microphone icon um, when you're doing your messages, and that actually has helped. I can download them from there, or you can do a voice memo on your phone and then email that uh, file to me. So, whichever way is easier, I just want to hear from you. All right, guys, today's guest is Sylvia Pierce Palmer and we get real about traditions, culture, trauma responses, and our true identity in Christ. She also speaks into motherhood and mental health, two very important things. I pray that you will be touched by this conversation and that you will enjoy it. Here it is, episode number 149 that I am calling Identity and Purpose with Sylvia Pierce Palmer. Hey guys, I'm JC. Are you ready for real conversations about faith, business, and life? Me too. This is the Hello Awesome podcast where I bring forth topics and truthful insights that will encourage you to make intentional choices and pursue God with your whole heart. Are you ready to say hello to the awesome blessings that God has for you? All right, let's do this. This is the point where I usually share sponsored ads and all of my sponsors share their amazing deals that they have with you. But since this is the last season of the podcast, I just have to say thank you. Thank you so much for supporting these faith-based businesses these last four years. If you want to continue supporting anything, well, how about buying some of my books? If you go on Amazon, just type in my name. Jacy, Pulford, P-U-L-F-O-R-D. And you will find all of my titles right there on Amazon. The awesome thing is if you have Prime, your books will ship in just a couple of days. I have on there some awesome devotions that will help you with your mental health, with forgiveness, with your power of influence. I also have Bible study guides if you're struggling with your devotion time or if you want to dive into the stories of seven ungodly women of the Bible. I almost forgot to share with you my modest fashion coloring books. I have three out right now, and the latest is a garden theme. It has florals, inspirational quotes, scriptures, and of course, beautiful, modest fashion illustrations that anyone at any age can color and have fun with. Thank you guys for supporting the ministry of Hello Awesome. Be sure to check out my books on Amazon. And just because there won't be any new podcast episodes does not mean there won't be any new books. So be sure to check those out. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Hello Awesome podcast. It has been such a pleasure doing this podcast for you the last couple of years. And this season has been extra special because I've been bringing guests on to share one thing that the Lord has taught them. And today I have such a beautiful, amazing guest, Sylvia. I'm so excited to chat with you and excited that you're here. So can you just take a minute to share with all of us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Thank you, Sister J.C. Um, absolutely. So my name is Sylvia Palmer and I am um located in Ozark, Missouri. My husband is the assistant pastor of Keystone Apostolic Church in Springfield, Missouri. And so I'm a mama of four toddlers. Um, They keep me on my toes. They're seven, five, four, and two. And I also work full time. So I'm pretty busy here and um, just love them working for the Lord.
0: That's amazing. I have not visited Missouri yet, but that is definitely on the list to go visit. I live in the Northeast, um, and I have always wanted to just travel around and visit all of our different churches. And so I'm going to write that down on my list because that (laughs) sounds like, I don't know, it just sounds like a really cool place to visit.
1: It is. It's really laid back, and we'd love to have you.
0: Oh, I bet anything is more laid back than over here in <laughs> Connecticut. Um, thank well, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. I know you were sharing with me that you've been a listener and I, I appreciate that. I, you know, it's funny is podcasting is so different because it's a lot of data and like analytics. You don't really get the personable, um, you know, like insights. Sometimes, like I think if you go to Instagram or Facebook, it'll show you like the name or the profile of the person who's following you or you kind of it's it's more of like a connection, like a relationship with with your followers and things like that. But with podcasting, you just get numbers and data and maybe where they live. So if people tell me they listen, I'm like, thank you, (laughs) because it's (laughs) like connecting a real person to the data (laughs) Um, exactly yeah so this season is just completely different from anything that i've ever done because i i usually do like to have you know questions you've listened um specific questions for my guests and um i might have follow-up questions but i really felt the lord put this on my heart uh i i really have not been able to get away from you know in luke 1042 the story of martha and mary most of us are familiar with it but martha is serving and and mary's sitting at the feet of jesus and martha's getting frustrated that mary's not helping her and she wants jesus to tell mary to come help me and um you know uh jesus obviously in his full wisdom and his deity and his understanding of all things Is just so sweet and in his delivery to Martha, um, just what she needed to hear in that moment, which sometimes we don't want to (laughs) hear. But, you know, he tells Martha, but one thing is needful and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Meaning Mary sitting, being still at his feet. That's one thing that is needful. So I am curious, what's one thing that Jesus has taught you in the past year that you will never forget?
1: Well, thank you for that um, question, because uh, me personally, my biggest passions are ministry and uh, motherhood and um, mental health. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ministry, motherhood, and mental health have been probably the biggest areas of my life where I've had um, the most healing um, and probably the most traumas in my life and this past year has been um, a fantastic journey <laughs> with the Lord um, in all of those areas um, the biggest thing I I feel um, has been around my personal identity and harkening back to that passage of scripture that you just, Um, shared, uh, a lot of times um, it's easy to think that maybe Jesus um, commended Mary uh, because she was sitting at his feet. And a lot of times people think that's, well, her personality was, you know, the worshiper Mm -hmm. and Mary's personality is the worrier. And we have these labels, like these identities. Um, And maybe Jesus chose Mary because she had a certain personality Um, And that's not true. Um, He Mm -hmm. made all of us the exact way that we are so we can accomplish what he put us here to do. And my biggest struggle, I think, um, as it's been throughout my life, has been becoming comfortable um, in my identity um, in Christ. And this past year, I've had the opportunity to really delve down into the things um, that have caused the most friction for me internally, um, trying to align myself with you know who I think I 'm supposed to be and mm. who God created me to be. And once we come into alignment with being comfortable um, in our own skin, being comfortable with what God has given us and what He 's blessed us with to do, then everything gets easier. Ministry gets easier our personal and interpersonal relationships get easier once we're at ease, you know, in our own skin.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Um, Thanks for sharing that. I mean, I do think you are correct that we see these two ladies and we, we um, label them thinking about like their personalities. Um, But in each one of us, we have the ability to do both of those things to be both of those women at different parts of our lives. Um, and I think that is true, especially when we look at the way that the world has been trying to relabel the word identity. It's so crucial for us to seek the Lord in what he says and, in, in, in his definition of who we are. Um, and a lot of that is true. It's a battle in our mind. And, um, kind of accepting certain things that he has given us, you know, um, trying not to operate in a way that he didn't call us to operate. Um, and, and that's so, that's so hard to do because I think, um, we are just so easily influenced by people and by opinions. Um, and sometimes we're people pleasers. <laughs> and um we we sometimes forget that we are to only please the Lord. Um and as well meaning and genuine as people in the church are, if I mean, just listening to what you were sharing, I've I've really felt strongly that we have to be careful um heeding, like taking the advice of everyone, even if they are in the church because not everyone is meant to pastor us or mentor us
1: right that is that is very true i i also agree with what you um have said about looking around and sort of comparing ourselves you know we are very um what we see represented in our lives growing up is the pattern that we have to pattern ourselves after and i think me personally and a lot of my Um, ministry, especially around motherhood. Um, Mm -hmm. If I can just be transparent for a moment, Um, growing up, my parents were divorced. And so I did not grow up um, seeing that sort of motherhood, traditionally, traditional motherhood modeled for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I was raised by my dad, he was a single parent. And so when I grew up and I got married, and, you know, we're both in the church and serving in ministry, I had in my mind, what motherhood was supposed to look like for me. Mm. And it was a challenge for me because in my mind, I was going to, um, my desire was to be a stay-at-home mom, you know, have a bunch of little ones around and just devote my entire life to um, just raising them and teaching them, training them. And I had this really (laughs) idealized profile of a good mother in my mind, which was largely formed by what I missed as a child. I um, and that wasn't real life. <laughs> and so when I grew up and I realized, you know, in order for us to be able to accomplish some things in ministry and life, both of us are going to need to work in the mm. workforce. Um, and with that reality, how is, uh, my idea of being a stay at home mama, um, how does that align with me also working outside the home? And this isn't everybody's journey. I'm just speaking sure. specific to me, um, and I love that there are um, women who that, that path, that door has been opened and they're able to be successful in that. Um, but that wasn't my uh, story in particular. So as mm. I continued to have children, I just experienced this constant friction between reality and my idea. And so I felt very down on myself about um, being a good mother because I mm. wasn't home all the time with my children. And right. um I couldn't meet my ideal (laughs) and I really um, struggled with that. And as I would pray, you know, Lord, open the door to allow me to be able to be a stay at home mom. And I would just receive additional promotions at work and I would have other new uh, ministry and work opportunities open. And it just didn't seem to be leading. Those two paths did not seem to be leading towards the same place. And I, I struggled with that being obedient to what the Lord was calling me to And my ideal.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is such an important topic. And I'm very grateful that you got vulnerable, first of all. So thank you. Because you're not the only one um, who has gone through that and who is going through that. And for most of us, we have seen uh, the opposite model sometimes in the church and i think there is there has been and sometimes still can be a very unhealthy critical mindset among ladies in the church mothers of course that you in order to reach the spiritual peak we all have to be on the same page in motherhood does that make sense yes
1: Yes, and you're right. That's how I felt. I felt I was doing a poor job because I couldn't, um, you know, meet whatever I felt like this uh, standard was. And even Mm -hmm. though um, I would pray about it and ask the Lord, you know, I felt uh, for somehow that holding a job and pursuing ministry um, was being disobedient (laughs) to the way that the Lord um, had designed the family to work. And honestly, I think just over time, you know, with spiritual maturity, with speaking to elders, with talking to my pastor, with running these things by, you know, other people, I realized um that your path may be different than other people and as long as you are staying in the word and you're, you know, checking in with that that spiritual authority and you're trying to follow God with all of your heart, he's going to show you, he's going to open the doors and reveal to you where you're supposed to be, because he has a seed inside of all of us. And in order for us to be used in the kingdom, you know, in that exact tool that he's created us to be, we have to be willing to do something different than what we think is right Mm -hmm. and normal, you know, and Mm -hmm. I definitely grew up in a very traditional, um, you know, mindset. I grew up in the Midwest, um, and most of the time, if I saw a woman working, it was to supplement you know, income and it wasn't something mm. she was doing full time, and she definitely wasn't making it a career. And there was sort of this negative image around, you know, being a boss or be, holding a career or pursuing, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, a career. And it was only later um, that I realized that that was actually part of my ministry. I, the Lord was putting me in places and opening doors for me and increasing my skills and um, increasing my influence for the kingdom by placing me in these different um, jobs in my vocation.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting because being from the Northeast, it's almost flipped for us because growing up, seeing a strong woman holding down a career is the ideal usually over here. So listening to you, it's kind, it's really kind of, um almost funny that we still have these mindsets where we think you know we have this pinnacle idea um of what to reach a goals to reach but that's not how it is everywhere and i always think of this that cuz I, I i do remember as well being a mom for the first time Coming from a way different background, um, I my parents also were separated, but I was raised by my mother, hardworking Hispanic woman from the Northeast. You know, did what she had to do. No excuses. You just get up and do it. Go go go. Um, you know, kind of a perfectionist. You 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 get you you just get it done. That given gave me a level of anxiety almost. Because I was like, whoa, to perform so high, to have all those expectations is a lot. And um, yeah, so I actually struggled with the Lord calling me to be a home, a homemaker, like a, a stay at home mom, because I always thought the ideal was the opposite. But this is this is just so interesting. And I wanted to point that out. Is how we, how our viewpoint and how our opinions have been developed as children. And as we grow, God truly does want to um, shine forth some revelations, I think, to us that not every family is going to operate the same way. And what God is calling you doesn't mean that's the way God's calling me. Because it depends on the needs of your family.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And being willing to be what God is calling you to be and being willing to be what he wants you to be. Um, I think it's very interesting also, you know, me being a black woman, Mm -hmm. I have often struggled with uh, this concept of not wanting to be stereotyped. Into mm-hmm. a specific role, whether it's ministry or motherhood or in my professional career, um, and it feels like um, not only are you just battling your own insecurities or you know what you think other people think of you, um, but you also, um, when you have that other piece of possibly being a minority or
0: dith- mm-hmm. different
1: ethnic background of mm-hmm. what might be you know, normal around uh, wherever you grow up, um, you also don't want to be othered. You don't want to stick out. You um, don't want to do anything that's going to cause people to maybe think negatively of you before they even get a chance to meet you. And so whenever people would see me or meet me, um, I was very closed about maybe accomplishments I had made or things that I had done um, professional uh, in my professional career and Mm -hmm. would rely more on, um, you know, maybe their perception of me as a mother or, you know, or as a teacher or whatever was socially acceptable. I think sometimes, you know, we call that code switching, um, sort of masking or burying certain parts of yourself to be socially acceptable. And that becomes exhausting, not only that, but it also leads you to be very dissatisfied. And I know, you know, over and over again, um, growing up, I would read that passage of scripture in Psalms uh, Psalms 139 that says, um, "I am fearfully and wonderfully made." And mm-hmm. I remember the Lord bringing that to my mind this past year with his confirmation that I, I didn't make you this way on accident. You were made mm-hmm. like this on purpose for a purpose. The reason you're un, uh, dissatisfied, the reason why you're um, feeling, you know maybe additional anxiety where there doesn't need to be, is because you're not doing what i 've called you to do, and I would read that scripture over and over again, but one day, um I actually read the scripture in its entirety, and it really just transformed my entire life. Um, I realized that the first part of that scripture that I had been missing in psalms one thirty nine fourteen the very first three words says, "I will praise you," and I really just felt like an arrow to my heart. I felt that the part that I'd been missing was Thanking God and praising God and being grateful that the Lord would even think to use me for his kingdom. And I think most of the time where I was feeling down or low or wishing I had other gifts or wishing I had a different calling or wishing I could be uh, fulfilled and satisfied doing these things I saw everyone else was doing was really um, not honoring God and thanking him and praising him for Mm -hmm. making me the way that I am. And so just that tiny scripture, you know, I s you see it everywhere on bookmarks and, you know, um on Facebook memes and around social media. But I had really missed the entire uh message of that verse. I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made.
0: That is such an important point. Oh my goodness. Just a switch in our perspective, you know. Um I appreciate that. I definitely, I I could definitely relate, um, as far as like trying to find your identity in Christ while also battling the culture of who you are. And as somebody who is a light skinned Puerto Rican, um, I've heard all things under the sun. (laughs) Um, and. I grew up in the inner city, blonde hair, blue eyes. So, I mean, come on. Um, And the thing that I have to always remind myself is that God is trying to bring us into his culture and that the things that build us up is to glorify him, to teach us about him. And some of the times, and I have had this as well, we do try and shy away from, Um, almost praising him in the presence of those of the same culture, because sometimes it is looked down upon as, oh, you think you're better than me? Uh, Or there's that attitude towards it. Um, And it's really, I mean, it's just so uh, important for us to remember that no matter where we come from, what our culture is, who we are as far as our, our race or our ethnicity, that God is a God of all nations. And so when we are, you know, we, he has obviously we, we are fearfully and wonderfully made set apart for his purpose. He's going to use all the things that have made us who we are from our culture and things like that. Um, but if it's not aligned with his will, then it's something that we have to learn to put at his feet. And that's very difficult to do if we are a people of tradition, if we are a people of, you know, this is how it's always been done. And um when it comes to our identity and who we are, it is easy for us to cling to the, um, I should say the ideas that we have of who we were back then, you know, like before in the past or different things that we've grown up. I'm trying to say things like without actually saying things, if you know what I mean, I'm trying to be very respectful because I don't want to make anyone, um, you know, feel bad about themselves or anything like that. Um, But what I'm trying to say is that whether you're, Puerto Rican, whether you're, you know, uh, it doesn't matter the background, but those things, God will use them for his glory. And he's going to teach us how we can still represent the best way possible, but through his culture and using the gifts that he's given each one of us in a different way than what we had in mind. I kind of screwed that up, but (laughs) I was trying to, I was, I was trying to say something and got mixed up with my, with my brain, but I think you understand what I'm trying to say.
1: (laughs) I do understand what you're trying to say. And I like the fact that you're, you spoke to representation because we are all, we are all part of the church and no matter what we look like, no matter what background that we've come from, we all are, we are all part of the church and the Lord, um, has people and spheres of influence that only we can influence and touch in our way. Mm. And I think understanding that, um, you know, growing up, we heard a lot of, you know, God doesn't make junk and you're perfect, you know, uh, with with whatever he's given you to serve him, and I think sometimes you know we feel may feel limited. I remember growing up, I would have these ideas of, well, I wonder why you know the Lord made me the way that I am. Why did he make me with these gifts and personality quirks? You know, to the opposite. Um, why is it that you know some things are easy for me and some are hard? And just understanding that, um, yes, you are. Exactly how God has created you to be. But we do have to shed some of that self, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
1: in pursuit of becoming um, more Christ like. And I used to be very self conscious um, of the fact that I might be different or I might Mm -hmm. not look like everyone else or I might be the only person that had the same background that I had in the room. Uh, Mm -hmm. But more and more this past year, I've been able to just grow and embrace it and just lead this year with a yes. Whatever door you open for me, Lord, yes. whatever thing that you're calling me to, yes. And looking for ways for him to um, to provide resources or skill or understanding. Um, and just educating myself to the fact that what you know and what you've learned is very small. you know, it's just a drop in the bucket and looking for opportunities to um, grow more like the Lord. It's a hard, painful process, getting rid of pieces of yourself that Mm. you feel are, make up who you are, you know, but I just found such freedom and joy in Mm. living for God. Um, and just starting off with Lord, I don't want to take any extra baggage,
0: you know, Mm. along
1: this journey with me. I want to be exactly who you've called me to be. And you are much more, um, crappy and free being able to um, not have to fit into something that doesn't fit you. You know, I often think of, um, you know, David um, when he's trying on Saul's armor. And I felt like that a lot of times, like, I know this should, should uh, be the way that it, you know, it's supposed to be. It doesn't quite fit me though. And you have to um, do the things that, you know, use what's in your hand and use the gifts that the Lord has, has given you. And uh, I'm so thankful that he's, opening my understanding right and then increasing my knowledge yeah who he is
0: that's a perfect illustration because i do if we think about that i'm such a visual person i usually visualize these stories when i'm reading them from the bible (laughs) and we just visualize little david trying to try on you know he was little at the time he was younger um trying to wear you know the king's you know, armor before going to battle Goliath and just did not fit. And in Saul's mind, as the king, he's like, "No, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're supposed to wear. This is the tradition. You're supposed to wear this. It's supposed to protect you." Um, and then David's like, "Yeah, but it doesn't fit." <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. So I
1: can't work like this. <laughs> I can't
0: work like this. And there's many times we do try and we feel uncomfortable and like we're fumbling because we're trying to do the work in like a tradition that's not supposed to fit us. And I, I remember too feeling that way. Um, coming into church, I was not, you know, brought up in the church. I came into the church later about 21 years old, maybe 22 years old. Um, and so there was a lot of things God had to chip away. Like, no, this is, this is what you believe, but this is not what's true. The true identity, your true identity is not, you, you don't know it yet. I, I have to teach you and breaking down those walls of, well, being a, you know, Puerto Rican growing up in Connecticut, this is how I'm always supposed to be. And God's like, no, you can still be Puerto Rican, but for me, like in the kingdom, I'm going to show you how you, you know, and not everything is negative. Of course, there are many positives um, to it. Um, I'm a lot bolder, I think, <laughs> um, given my background, but God is making me bold for him. I can be outspoken, in you know, the way that I was raised, but now I'm outspoken for Christ. You know, so there's different things that he has helped me with. And I don't think God wants to erase everything. There are certain things that we have, some of our qualities, even in our personality, that is God ordained, you know. Not everything he wants to get rid of, but it's that perfecting and, and you know, the the turning, making sure our focus is on the right thing so he can use us the way that he used David, you know, in in that in that moment.
1: I love that. I love how you talk about that transformation of, um, you know, just rubbing off those those rough edges, <laughs> you know, yeah. that you come to God with, and he just turns those things around to use them for his glory. I also am kind of an outspoken person, and, um, you know, I find myself now, rather than fighting with people, you know, fighting for people, and mm-hmm. taking that sort of innate ability to, you know, I don't back down from anything, I'm willing to call things as I see them, I'm willing to be very direct and straightforward with people. But using that now for the kingdom to, um, you know, help, teach, train, and love on um, the church. You know, I've been able to see God do a, a big transformation in my life, same as you.
0: Yeah, I love that. We go from fighting with people to fighting for people. <laughs> I think that because that's what it's about. I think, yes, we we realize that the enemy is not other people. This is a Mm -hmm. spiritual warfare. So Mm -hmm. when we are renewed in Christ and we begin to learn uh, more of his word and he perfects us and and we grow, like you were talking about the maturity, he begins to show us who the real enemy is. And it is not other people. It is spirits. It is their influences in the spiritual world and how, um, we are just all vessels and truly he helps us have compassion for people that we probably would not have compassion for, you know, years ago. And that's how you know that. Wow. Lord, you really have changed me because if I was like 18 years old right now, I would not be speaking to this person this way, (laughs) you know?
1: Yeah, it's nice to be able to look in your rearview mirror and see, oh, there is some positive growth. The, the Lord is working on me and he's changing me and things that may have been a trigger before, you know, I'm able to yeah. think through things um, and, you know, give a response rather than a reaction. Um, and I think allowing the Lord to, to grow you, you don't have to stay the same way that you are. Everybody has things in their um, personality and in their self that the Lord has to refine and get rid of and work on. That's going Mm -hmm. to be a constant journey your entire uh, life living for God. But I find that a lot of things um, that we struggle with about our own self, our self-image, the way that we perceive things and the way that we're interacting with people, a lot of times is just colored by our own experience. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I absolutely believe that um, getting into the word And learning more about God has really helped me learn more about myself. And when I'm reading in the scripture and something hits me, you know, Mm -hmm. and I say, oh, that's me. (laughs) Lord, help me change that. Help me um, get rid of that because I want to be more like you and not myself.
0: (laughs) Right. I, I so can relate when you said a response rather than a reaction. I feel like that has been just such a theme for me (laughs) and obviously for you. And I'm just curious, do you feel because I know the answer for me, but do you feel that that reactionary um, response that comes quickly was something that we were taught or you were taught younger and you had to learn as you got older that that's not the way God wants us to respond, how he wants us to respond?
1: Yes. Um, I think those things in, in myself were trauma responses. Um, mm-hmm. Being hyper-independent and wanting to do things on my own and not wanting to need other people came from being abandoned and having loss and realizing that, okay, that you're the only person that you can count on. Um, not allowing other people to speak into you or to um, give you constructive criticism was a trauma response to being rejected and maybe being, you know, uh, not necessarily, um, I don't know a good way to put it. <laughs> um, it probably came from experiencing a lot of criticism um, and rejection as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it just causes you to just close down um, and not allow other people to speak into you because you don't trust them. And so you have mm-hmm. trust issues and all of these things, none of them is are insurmountable. There's nothing that's too hard, too broken, too messed up, too mangled for Jesus to fix. But you have to open yourself <laughs> to the possibility that he can still work on you. And those things that are so um, hard and painful and just leave you feeling raw, you know, and open, when you think about them, a lot of times our reactions are, have almost become an involuntary Protective mechanism to keep Mm -hmm. us from experiencing hurt um, or pain because we've been damaged before. You know, we may have been violated before. We may have been verbally attacked or abused before. So that just becomes your norm. You don't listen to anyone. You don't ever back down. You don't take anything off of anyone or whatever. But unfortunately, that prevents you from growth. The -hmm. thing that you're wanting and longing for to become more like God that can only happen. If you change and you're willing to let other people hold you accountable, let uh, leadership and spiritual authority provide guidance to you. Some people are so um, so hurt and so traumatized and they haven't healed that even something that's supposed to help you hurts. It feels bad, um, and you're mm. not used to it, and it and it's too difficult for you to even you know shine a light inward to see areas that you may need to change because anytime someone tries to help you and say, you know, Hey sis, this isn't, you know, the way to do that. You know, there's a better way to do that. Um, or you see in the scripture, it's something to change. All you feel is rejection and criticism when that's not it at all. So the Lord really had to take me on a journey to, to get healed. So I could then handle being corrected and I could handle seeing, you know, things in the word of God and and grow to the maturity level where I could carry some things so a lot of people that's where they are they desire to change they desire to grow in the lord they desire to have a new identity Um, but they need to heal for some things
0: yeah a hundred percent i definitely agree because i had to go through that process and sometimes still am in that process but when you have been through some traumatic moments in your life where, like you said, you had that rejection, you had that pain, you had that hurt, where people were correcting you not from a place of love. And now when people try and correct you from a place of love, you view it different because of what you've been through. And I think that's what, what happens with a lot of offense. It's easy for us to get offended because we assume what that person meant by what they said or did. Whether or not that's the truth, that's a whole different category. And I do agree that many of us um, have to go through that process with God to understand how to take correction that's given to us through love from somebody who should be a trusted source um, and start to trust them. Okay, this person. This person is not saying this because they have an ulterior ul, ulterior motive, right? This person is not saying this thing because they are trying to trick me, or they're trying to um, control my life. This person is actually saying this thing because they love me. They know what the scripture says. They want to see me be better because they actually want what's good for me. They want to see me succeed. That's such a foreign concept, I think, for for a lot of us, because I don't think we have that often um, in our lives, to be honest. And I think it's it's probably getting a little bit better now. But I think most of us do have some, some healing to do, um, especially from things in our past that almost are holding us captive and keeping us in our past and God is like i'm putting other people to correct you not because i think you um you know are you know a, a terrible person it's because god always operates with our identity in mind of who he has he he has created us to be who we can become so god always operates from a place of victory and we have to trust that and i love what you said and how you worded that i think it's so true and we really do need to be careful every time somebody tries to correct us you know um it's not always because they want to hurt us or they have this um other secret plan to have, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, um, uh, there are definitely some people who are genuine and who want to see us just be better.
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I noticed that, um, one of the things, uh, one of my personality quirks was, um, as when I was younger rather than, um, you know, being able to receive correction or criticism, I would immediately get angry Um, immediately. Something would well up inside of me and I would immediately just feel anger. And it was only over time of um, having, you know, lots of prayer, lots of people in my life to love on me, love me past, you know, whatever my little outburst was or my little meltdown was. Um, And they just stuck to it. They didn't give up on me. They kept reaching out to me. Um, to help me understand that, you know, that wasn't really anger that I was defaulting to, you know, I may have been feeling embarrassment or I may have been feeling rejection mm. or just helping me be able to name um, what I was feeling. So then I'd have that awareness so then I could go in prayer and and uh, be able to pray about that thing more specifically. And that's something that I always encourage people to do when you're looking to go to the next level, you're wanting to go higher in your walk with God, um, taking all of those things to prayer and asking the Lord to, to show you, to help you um, be able to take your medicine, mm. as my dad would say, you know, you want to be able to take these things um, as you get older, um, you're going to be fed some spiritual meat that's going to be hard to digest, and it's not going to be something that you just, you know, get over, you hear one time during a... A service, you know, you're going to have to be able to apply that. And that's something that I would constantly ask the Lord, help me to receive this. This hurts. This feels really bad. <laughs> this mm-hmm. feels like they're picking on me, but help me to receive it. Help me to apply whatever part can be applicable. Help me to apply this to my life so I can get better. And over time that has happened. You, your threshold increases, you know, you start building mm-hmm. relationships. So then that's not your, you know, immediate default to reject it. So um, I hope that um, that's going to help somebody, you know, maybe see themselves and maybe take some actionable steps towards um, being able to grow and become mm-hmm. less of what you are and more like
0: God. Right. So then why don't we do this? Why don't I give you just a couple minutes to speak to somebody right now who is struggling with their identity? Maybe they're struggling with some of their trauma responses. Maybe they are a person of color who really is struggling with culture versus, you know, who God is calling them to be and where do they fit in, in the body of Christ, you know, the representation, um, What about that, that sister, you know, who's trying to do what they need to do, but there's this thing that they, they, they really have that flash of anger when they're corrected, you know, just, just some encouraging words, if you don't mind, can you just share something for them right now?
1: Absolutely. I would, uh, first of all, say that you're not alone that everyone that has received the Holy ghost or has started a relationship with God has come to a crossroads where you can either stay the same or grow. And I would hope that you would choose that scary path of going deeper. Um, the Bible says that straight is the gate and narrow is the way it's not going to be a path that everybody chooses, but the rewards of shedding yourself and becoming more like God are just mind blowing. You're gonna find happiness, joy, peace, fulfillment, and being able to live the God called life uh, that you're supposed to. And I would encourage you first to get rid of that fear. Um, you're not able to think or make decisions or, or anything with fear being the, the foremost um, response. So don't fear the change. Embrace it. Um, Become intentional with changing your mindset. As soon as something rises up that you know is not an attribute of God, you know it's not like God, you know that it's not the way you should be responding, hold yourself accountable and sit with that feeling and see if you can apply the word of God to that situation and make a change because you've been reacting and responding as you have, your entire life so far. So in order to build a new pathway in your brain or to choose a different decision, you're going to have to be intentional about that. And secondly, I would say you're going to need prayer and the power of the Holy Ghost to make any true lasting change. So keep that prayer channel open. Ask the Lord specifically, you know, use specific incidents and say, the Lord help me not to Uh, respond this way. Help me not to be overtaken with fear. Help me not to be self-conscious about acting and moving in the way that you're calling me to. And he will continue to open doors. If you blow it, you'll get another pass at it. He will continue to work on you um, because he loves you and he is not finished with you.
0: Yes. Amen. That's so good. Thank you so much for just sharing your heart with me and being willing to share those things. I know it's not always easy, but it's important to share and also remind other people that they are seen and they are heard and God knows what they're going through. And, you know, the scripture in Ecclesiastes, nothing new under the sun, right? (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And as much as sometimes we want to have our pity parties and feel, you know, like a victim, There have been people that have gone through this exact same things that we have. Um, But what's awesome is he brings us together as the body of Christ to edify one another, hold each other's hands so we're not alone, and he gets to walk with us through it all. That's such a privilege. So um, I'm so grateful for you, and I would love for you to share where people can find you on social media and some information of your church.
1: Excellent. So you can find me on social media, on Facebook. Uh, My Facebook handle is Sylvia Pierce Palmer. That's P-I-E-R-C-E-P-A-L-M-E-R. You can find me on Instagram at Palmer Party of Six. And um, our church is located in North Springfield, Missouri, and that's Keystone Apostolic Church.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Sylvia, for being on the podcast. Thank you. If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories? Tagging me at Hello awesome Live? I would be so encouraged. Also, please leave a five-star review in iTunes or Apple Podcasts, sharing how God used this to bless you. Until next time, keep your chin up beautiful.